0: Do you have or are you considering starting an ABA business? It can be scary and a real challenge. We have some advice that can help you in growing your small business in ABA. So I owned three ABA clinics. And uh, it was really stressful at times. But it was also really rewarding and very enjoyable. And you know, I started them because it was like, well, I want to be my own boss. And, you know, so I just started consulting and it grew from there. And then I hired a few people. And then I hire a few more people and found a location. It just really started growing and snowballing before I really had a huge plan in place. And then all of a sudden, I was a business owner, I had 25 staff under me, I had three centers, I had 90 clients, it was great. Um, but as a business owner, I had no time and I didn't have a defined role for myself. I was everything. I mean I was sweeping the floors sometimes. I was answering the phones. I was developing behavior service plans. I was giving staff training. I was doing everything. So let's talk about how to grow your staff business or how to grow your ABA business. Not the way I did it. Let's talk about how, in hindsight, um, we really do need to be organized and set ourselves up for success.
1: Yeah, I think we all learn a lot of these pieces the hard way, unfortunately, because we spend our whole, you know, education preparing for a career in ABA, where we're learning the skills, we're learning all the the um, the theory and the techniques, and then we spend our whole supervision experience learning how to write programs and learning how to work with kids. Very rarely do we learn the parts of being, you know, a BCBA if you are going to go into running a business, which are, you know, management of staff, management of yourself, budgeting, systems, all of those things that are really not part of the task list. And we sometimes learn them
0: the hard way. So we are going to try to prevent that for you. I think the very first thing we should be talking about is time management. Like I said, as a business owner, probably as anyone. Um, But especially as a business owner, it feels like you have zero time, because you're always trying to get the most done. Uh, So in terms of time management, looking at your schedule and trying to set a schedule for yourself, you know, when we work with our learners, we always give them a schedule. So making sure you have yourself a schedule as well. Um, I would always schedule, you know, my week, or I would schedule a month in advance, but things change. And then making sure that you're scheduling from a week to week basis, usually on a Friday, I would try and set my schedule for the following week. Um, Even down to the nitty gritty, like if I knew staff training was a priority or staff training with this one particular person was a priority, it gets written on my calendar. If I know that I have to see a client, um, and I know I'm in a, a center and what have you, I am writing that down on my calendar, I need to go see so and so around 11 o'clock, It may not happen right at 11, but it's going to be in and around that time. Even making a phone call, I put all of those things in my calendar to make sure they got done. And the really important ones, I would put in a different color on my calendar. And I would set myself up with some alerts. So if it was almost 11, and I still hadn't gone to see that client yet, it alerted me on my phone, so that I was like, Oh, you're right, I need to go do this.
1: Yeah, uh, it's very easy in our type of job to fall into this, you know, kind of putting out fires every day and being called to do stuff at the last minute. Um, you know, things pop up that are unexpected, and it's very easy to really lose control of your time. So you have to get ahead of it and you have to book things into your calendar. Um, I always say, it's not on my calendar, it's not going to happen every, every meeting, every appointment, um, everything has to go into the calendar, where I will forget, and I'll get caught up in something else that, you know, is important but you know, maybe didn't need my attention in that moment. But when you do that, and when, you're really, when you take back control of your time, you also have to be okay with saying no. So if something does come up, then you have to be able to say, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now, but let's find a time when I can. Um, so taking back your time is easier said than done, but it does require some other skills. It also requires some delegation. If you are not available because your schedule is full, can you ask somebody else to take on something that is important, but that doesn't fit into your schedule. So you first have to know what your schedule looks like, what can fit into your schedule, to be able to say yes or no, to be able to take things on, do you really have room to take on a new family and a new client? Or is your schedule really full? And then also being able to delegate some important tasks that you can't say no to, but you can find
0: somebody else who can do those. I schedule in time for myself into my calendar as well. And that I learned, unfortunately learned that the hard way. So, you know, you get busy and the first thing to fall is for me anyways, the first thing to falter was lunch. I would work through lunch and I wouldn't remember to eat it. I wouldn't remember. And all of a sudden it's 4pm and I have zero energy and it's because I didn't eat lunch. Um, So now I actually do schedule in lunch into my calendar and it sounds so silly, but I take that half hour for me. Um, I also schedule things in like workouts. So making sure that you know, first thing in the morning, or whenever I'm working out, I'm putting that in my calendar, so no one can take that time from me. And what Shira said about saying no is so important. If it's in your calendar, and someone wants to book you for something else, and it's lunch, or it's a workout, you know, I used to say, well, it's business, so I should be taking that on. And I can, it's okay, I'll eat later, or I'll do this later. That's really important. I need to fit them in. No. The answer is no, if you don't take time for yourself, if you don't take time to eat, you're going to lose that energy and that energy you carry can carry other people as well. So making sure that those things are in there for yourself, take that time.
1: And the other thing, um, I, you know, kind of learned the hard way through a little, a lot of trial and error. And I think it's very easy to do this when you have a small business. You don't really think of the systems that you need to put in place because you're kind of a one man show. You do a little bit of everything and then you start to learn through, you know, maybe some mistakes or some, some challenges that you encounter. That systems really do help, and even though your business is small, it's still really important if you can to start out with some systems. So even you know an organizational chart, who's managing who, whose role is what, having job descriptions and role expectations. Um, I find this is really helpful for staff because I might have all that information in my head, but if I'm not communicating it in a way that feels Safe and systematic, then it it doesn't feel fair to them always that I'm having expectations that they maybe weren't aware of. So put it out there, make it clear what the expectations are, what roles are that you're hiring. Um, have you know tra- training protocols in place so that you know what that policy is. If somebody's starting, do they get to overlap? Do they have to participate in certain training so that they're onboarded appropriately? Um, We do have a video on our behavior blueprint and our staff training product. So it makes it a whole lot easier if you're interested in that. Um, But also trying to anticipate certain Challenges that you might encounter. So it might be having people sign certain forms, have people read certain contracts, um, creating certain guidelines and rules around certain things that you want to happen or not happen. I know we got you know a lot of questions in the community about communication with parents and it becoming overwhelming because parents are over communicating or they want a lot of communication on people's you know cell phones and texting and WhatsApping and meetings. And that would be a great thing to set as a guideline from the beginning. Here's how you can expect your team to communicate with you and pick a way that that is beneficial to everybody, whether that's through a daily email, or through a meeting once a week, or whatever you feel like is doable, and that the family will feel uh, supported, but in a way that you are not Burdened and burned out because you are constantly meeting people's needs in every way. We, we deal with so many people and everybody has needs. And unfortunately, we just can't always accommodate. So you have to pick the most important things that you're willing to do and
0: work with the families in, in how they will receive that. Um, and make it clear. Those policies and procedures, guidelines are so important. Um, I've walked into an organization before literally, and they've given me a 100-page manual and said, here you go, here's your training. I was so overwhelmed. I mean, yes, you need those policies in place, uh, but that training doesn't need to happen all at once. So, Looking at that onboarding and saying, well, what's the most critical piece in the onboarding and start there. And have them go through that onboarding system gradually, it's not an all or nothing thing. It's okay, here's the basic things you need to start. And then here's a plan for over the next three months, or over the next five months, whatever it is, how to disseminate that information to you. And that's how we came up with that behavior blueprint, because Sher and I have been onboarding people for years. And you know we have all of these things. And it's like, well what if we had a system in place? So we do, we've got 20 hours worth of training, and it's all about, well, what do you say to that parent when they say this, you know, we talk about, you know, a little bit about the basics, like, you know, what is ABA, but we quickly get into, here's how to teach requesting, here's how to teach specific programs, because this is what you're going to need to know first. So another thing to consider
1: is setting intentions, like I said, sometimes it's very easy to just fall into like putting out fires. And as things come to you, you're helping and you're solving problems. And I think we all love doing that, because we all love helping and solving problems. But part of getting ahead of that, you know, mentality is to take a step back and think about what are my goals? What are my intentions? And you do that a day at a time, a week at a time, quarter at a time, you know, we do it for our business. And I think if you're running any kind of business, you need to be very intentional about what your goals are, what you're creating, what you want to do with your center with your career with your ABA business, whatever that is. Um, for us with how to ABA, our intention has always been to help support uh professionals in the field of ABA. So whether you're a BCBA or an RBT or a paraprofessional, our goal is to um, help support you by providing resources and community. Um, By saying who we do support, we're also saying who we don't support. You know, that means that we're not necessarily uh, geared towards parents. We're not geared towards people who aren't in the field of ABA, who have some other certification and maybe work with kids with autism also, Maybe they're not our audience. So by setting an intention, you are you know, maybe saying what you're not doing, but you're also being very clear about what you are doing. And you can become very clear on your goals and make sure that when you do become clear on those goals, that you have a a way of being accountable. Um, You could be creating goals for yourself and your team and create ways that you're going to work towards those goals. So we always talk about data. Um, We do this very often in our business. We have data driving every decision that we make here in our business. And you could do that too. So have a way to monitor your progress, whether it's through new client intakes and tracking how many clients are coming to you, whether it's through um, you know, a parent's survey and you're getting data on how how happy they are with your, with your product. Any one of these are ways for you to be informed about making the decisions that are helping you get towards your goals.
0: And on a day to day basis, you know, sometimes as a business owner, you're so caught in the weeds. What I mean by that is that you're so overwhelmed with some of those day to day things and things pop up that you you know didn't even account for in that daily schedule. And you know sometimes you get so far away from what those goals are, that you just forget, you're like, I'm too busy putting out fires right now. And I'm too busy to do all of this stuff. And then six months, six months pass and you're like, Oh, yeah, that long term goal. So if you're setting those intentions or referring back to your goal, your long term goal on a regular basis, that will help keep you a little bit more grounded. Um, another thing that I like to to do is create a good daily to do list, right? So yes, I've got my schedule, but I've also got something on my to do list. And the problem with that for me anyways, was that I would put 10 things on my to do list. And maybe if I was lucky on a good day, I would get one of them done. That was it. What's going on? So if you've got that long-term goal or that long-term intention, you can break that down into smaller components. And then, you know, you can choose weekly goals or you know what? This week I'm going to tackle this specifically related to my longer-term goal. Yes, I have to do all these other things, but that one little thing will get me closer to my goal. And if you can be that organized, it's hard, but you can do it. If you can be that organized, you'll set yourself up for success.
1: Right. So those intentions should directly translate into daily habits. So if your intention is to, you know, live a healthier lifestyle, and you want to then have a daily habit of moving your body every day, you have to be very consciously aware of the time you're spending on social media, um, asking for a friend. And knowing that when I come home from work, I should be putting in my schedule that I want to go for a walk, and I want to move my body. But for some reason, things get in the way. So it's, it should be a a real daily
0: habit for you to work towards your intentions. Absolutely. The other big thing towards working towards your intentions, getting things done is delegation and knowing what tasks you can delegate to other people. You know, if you've done this well, you've built a good, solid team. Trust them. Trust them. Um, You know, there's lots of things that you can delegate to somebody else. You know, if uh, you know. Answering the phone, for instance, you know, you're usually on the phone and you're you're trying to provide great quality, uh, you know, quality care to people and, you know, you get some new intakes and they're telling you, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes about their kid, which they should be doing. That takes a long time out of your day. Uh, Maybe that can be delegated to somebody else and they can take those notes so that, you know, the person on the other end of the phone gets to talk to you once the intake actually happens because not all, you know, not all phone calls lead to intakes. So making sure that you can delegate some of those tasks, you know, as a business owner, yes, sometimes you do need to be sweeping the floor, but, you know, is there somebody else who can sweep the floor? Can you put together a list for your staff to do at the end of every day so that they've got stuff to to do as well
1: and something that I love is um taking certain shortcuts there's so many automations that you could take advantage of um you know we used to go back and forth by email about booking meetings and booking um, intakes or whatever that is but you could simply create now that they have the option in one of our, our email providers is to have a link at the end of every one of your email that links syncs with your calendar. And that way you don't have to go back and forth scheduling meetings. Um, Your your calendar is right there. They can click a link and they can book a time with you. Um, So using those automations is really, really helpful. And the other thing that's important with delegation is sometimes we're you know afraid to give up some of that control or maybe we don't trust people as much as we should. So it's also a skill to learn while you're delegating is communicating with that with your your staff, whoever you're managing, whoever you're working with and learning how to um keep everybody in the loop is also important. So like, knowing who to include on emails, or just sending brief updates to certain people and giving them the information that they need, and expecting that they give you the information that you need. So you don't have to completely um, not be aware of something because you've delegated it, but you have to then be intentional,
0: again, about how you're communicating with the people you've delegated to. Absolutely. So I think we've already mentioned the behavior blueprint. Uh, Check that out. If you're looking for ideas for staff onboarding, it's a pretty great course. Now, of course, I'm biased. I'm the one who created it. But it, it is, it is really helpful in terms of being able to train staff and quickly and then that's more automation that doesn't take your time. In summary, we discussed how to
1: start and grow your small business in ABA. We're actually diving deeper into this topic for our next CEU event on Thursday, January 11th at 12 p.m. Eastern. The course is titled Setting Yourself Up for Success, Getting Ahead of Your Business.
0: Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too.
1: For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com and make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.